This year's government shutdown is like a tattoo that's been removed. Lots of regret and stinging, and the effects never really disappear completely. Here with why we need to keep these effects in mind, Margot Conrad, Director of Federal Workforce Programs at the Partnership for Public Service. Margot, you've done some research on what people think about the government from the external point of view after the shutdown. Yes, thanks for having me. So it's been very interesting to, you know, clearly it's going to take a long time before we know what the long-term effects of the shutdowns are on recruitment and retention issues. But what we've been able to do here at the partnership is take a look at some really interesting data. And we released an issue brief last week where we found a few different things. On the recruitment side, we found that there was a sizable increase in the number of federal employees searching for new jobs during during the partial shutdown. Um, and we found interest in obtaining federal government jobs fell according to our analysis of traffic on USA Jobs and Glassdoor. So it's been really interesting to take a look at this, and our concern is that there's a real risk of both um, the fact that government could be losing valuable talent um, in the current workforce, and it could be losing interest in um, being able to get that next generation to come into government. I guess it's important to emphasize the fact here that this was based on actual visits to these job-seeking sites, not not our feeling that people were doing this, but some factual evidence that this phenomenon was happening. Exactly. So this is what's great about this is that we've got some real hard data now for the first time. Um, so, for example, Glassdoor, which is a, a recruiting website, they found that applicants for federal jobs at affected federal agencies um, fell by 46 percent um, as the shutdown took hold. Um, another interesting statistic is that LinkedIn, which is you know a professional networking site that's that's widely used, um, the hiring rate among government agencies that were impacted by the shutdown was 50% lower than um, at unaffected agencies in January. Um, And then when you look at USA Jobs, which is the primary website um, that the government uses for, um, you know, receiving applications for positions, daily websites to their website fell by an average of 22.5% over the course of the shutdown when you compare it with that same period of time from December and January of last year. So those are some pretty stark numbers that are very concerning in terms of interest in in government um, during that shutdown and and what the negative implications are. Um, I'll also mention on the retention side, um, there's been some really interesting data where Glassdoor found that um, after employees miss their first paycheck, the number of civil servants from those affected agencies by the partial shutdown looking for jobs on Glassdoor increased by 10%. That's not surprising, but you're seeing, again, that more current feds were starting to look for jobs as a result. And then LinkedIn, they found that um, the number of employees at affected agencies that signaled a willingness to be contacted by someone in the private sector about a particular opportunity increased by 59%. So um, again, you know, there was a, a real concern here on our part about you know, young talent from outside government being turned off from federal service and then also issues around being able to retain current employees. And with respect to that fall off in the people, in the number of people applying to jobs at the affected agencies, I guess, wouldn't it be important to check the numbers in the ensuing months now and next month and so on? Because perhaps that phenomenon was simply people not making a reservation at a restaurant they know to be closed. But once they were open again, would the applications shoot back up to normal levels? 
That's right. So I think there's a lot that we can do over time to look at these numbers. So one thing I would I would flag is we're interested in looking at a few different sources of information. Number one, the National Association of Colleges and Employers, they do an annual survey of students that are graduating to look at what their interests are in different career fields um, and then where they're actual, what jobs they're actually going into after they graduate. So it will be really interesting to take a look at some of the data there and be able to compare it with, you know, last year and this year interest in government service and if people are actually going into government. Um, another thing is individual schools, colleges and universities, they also do their own surveys to look and see where um, students end up after they graduate. So there's a real opportunity, again, to take a look at a school-by-school -school basis and see what happens. It's interesting when we talk uh, anecdotally with, with colleges and universities that we work with closely, because obviously there's a lot of interest in this issue. Um, another interesting thing I've noticed is that some of the schools inside the Beltway have shared with us that you know, their students came to D.C. or to their institutions because they care about government and public service and that's what they want to do with their career. So in those cases, they're not necessarily seeing a huge change in interest in government service. But outside the Beltway, we are hearing from schools that, you know, as a result of the shutdown, it could be years before their students consider the federal government again. We're speaking with Margot Conrad, Director of Federal Workforce Programs at the Partnership for Public Service. But you will go back to Glassdoor and LinkedIn and see what, say, Homeland Security got for applications now that they have reopened after a month. Yes, absolutely. So we can go back to those sites as well and do some comparisons sure. um, to see how things change over time. And have you heard from the agency HR people or other officials that would have knowledge about employment trends, departure trends, and attitude trends? So it's very interesting. I think everyone right now is has a bit of a wait-and-see attitude and wants to, to, to give it a little bit of time to see what the data shows. We won't have attrition data for a few months, but um, I do think at, anecdotally we are hearing some stories from agencies where we do know there's been a significant impact. So, for example, you know, we've heard at one agency that, you know, they had a number of people they were supposed to bring on board, you know, during the month of January, and they actually lost some individuals. So those individuals were not willing to wait until the shutdown ended and so there's a, you know, there's a whole, there's a cost there to the agency if they're going to have to start the hiring process again to bring those people on board. Um, I also heard some interesting information um, about agencies who were not actually um, part of the partial government shutdown, but they were still impacted. Those agencies may have wanted to do some hiring, but were running into challenges in bringing people on board because um, if they had had prior federal experience, they weren't able to reach out to those agencies to to verify their employment um, or to check references or things like that. So there were, there were uh, impacts that went much further than anticipated and even further than the directly impacted agencies. Earlier, you mentioned there was a major uptick in the number of people who were willing to let employers approach them about possible jobs outside of government, that is, people that were already working in government. And we don't know, again, the timeline on that number, but it hasn't shown up really in the retirement figures yet. Well, I think it's going to take a little bit of time before all of the, the numbers come in for us to do a true assessment here and understand, because individuals may um, have returned to the workforce after the shutdown and then continued their job search. So you know, just because they started looking in January doesn't mean that that's actually when they're going to you know, retire or leave. It's going to take a while to get a job or to get everything in order to retire. So I think it's going to take some time before we really see those, those results in hard numbers. But, but the data that we've shared in this issue brief at the partnership, I think, does um, shed light on, a, on some, some real problematic issues here and something that we're very concerned about and we need to be following closely. 
And I guess maybe we should really wait to see what the engagement scores look like in the FEVs survey and your post-analysis of it. That might be the, the ultimate test. True. So there's, you know, there there will be the opportunity to to hear more when the Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey um, results come in for next year. You know, but we certainly would encourage agencies not to wait until there's an annual survey. This is it's important to be doing um, pulse surveys right now, to be holding listening sessions with your employees, and to really understand what some of the issues are and challenges today that you can try to begin addressing. Don't wait and have it be an annual event. Amen to that. Margot Conrad is Director of Federal Workforce Programs at the Partnership for Public Service. Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on, and you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.